What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lene Sheen on the episode today. I'm so excited. We get to hear her story together. And Lene, I'm just going to throw it at you and let you take us wherever you'd like. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, a little bit about myself. Uh, my name's Lene. I am 28 years old. My husband's name is Billy, and he's also 28. Um, we live here in the Chicagoland area. We recently moved back from Houston, Texas. Um, we got married in October of 2015. So we are middle school sweethearts. Oh my uh, God. Started- <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. We started dating when we were 13 years old. Um, and we, you know, dated through middle school and high school, obviously got more serious as time went on and we went to separate colleges. So we did long distance Um, He got accepted into an accelerated program, so we knew he'd be in school for six years. So all six years, we were long distance, and as soon as he finished, we got married. Um, We got married on a Saturday, and we moved, packed my car up, and moved on a Monday to Houston. So um, when we first got married, we did not, you know, think about starting a family at that time. Obviously, we were long distance for a long time in a new city, new jobs, new friends. So we were good. I mean, we just had fun for like the first three years. Um, And then I I would say starting at the end of 2017, my sister had a baby. So we had been married for three years, first nephew, niece or nephew in the family. So it kind of gave us the baby fever. Um, So I went off birth control October, 2017. Um, we did not plan to start at that point, but just to kind of regulate myself, um, I had convinced my husband to sign up for a marathon with me. So we ran a marathon marathon in January. So we were training the end of 2017. We ran a marathon in 2018, and then we started trying right away. So January was kind of shot, even though we started trying. I did know a little bit about the process for my sister. I knew you, you know, we're supposed to have sex when you ovulated. It would happen like halfway through the month. So um, at that point I knew I kind of probably ovulated. So we tried February, didn't get pregnant. Um, And then March, an opportunity for both of us came up to move back to Chicago. So we hopped on that. I moved back in March and he moved back in April. So we did not try in March. And we must have gotten pregnant sometime in April. I have no idea. I wasn't doing the whole ovulation <laughs> tracking process. It just like the whole thought about that like it stressed me out. So I didn't. <laughs> so I got pregnant. I I had like my last period at the beginning of April, and you know Cinco de Mayo rolled around, and I was you know testing, and nothing was happening. So I just you know said, okay, maybe I'm stressed. We're living in my parents' basement. You know, it's new move. <laughs> Lots of stress in my life at that time. So I was like, okay. I'm not pregnant. I just, you know, it's just not happening this month. But at the end of the month in May, I started to kind of have some symptoms when I ran and I was like, this doesn't feel right. So I took a test. Uh, I think I got a Friday morning and I saw the faintest of a line, which I'm sure a lot of us have had happen. 
Um, I thought I was going crazy. I woke up my husband. I was like, look at this. <laughs> Do you see anything? Um, he didn't see anything. Right. I was away, like, did he? Because I swear the husbands don't <laughs> I, see the faint lines. <laughs> right. I'm always like, no, it's right there. Like I have to convince him. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too. The light and <laughs> yeah. then he eventually came around and said he might see something there. So, um, we retested the next morning and it was darker. Um, and yeah, that was, gosh, that was a year ago, Memorial day. So we, you know, went about our lives. We were just going to keep it between the two of us. And I told my sister, cause we're really close and I figured she could give me some advice. Um, so the three of us knew, I guess, and I was pregnant for a week before I started bleeding. So I, in my family, my mom had a miscarriage. My sister actually had a miscarriage before her first kid and other like, you know, extended family members have had miscarriages. So I knew it was a possibility. Um, it's not like it's something we talk about at, you know, Christmas dinner or anything, but it, it's something that people are open about in my family with. Um, so I started bleeding a week after I found out or got that first positive test. And I called the doctor's office or a doctor's office because I didn't have a doctor here. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, just it's come in well, you know, this was a Saturday, of course, it always happens on a weekend. Um, come in, you know, on Monday, make an appointment. And I, of course, worked this up in my mind and Saturday night, I was like, I want to go to the hospital. I don't know what's going on. I'm freaked out. Um, and of course I go to the hospital and they can't give me an answer. Um, my husband and I are sitting there nervous and the doctor, they run some tests and the doctor comes in and says, my HCG is about a 200 and they don't see anything on the ultrasound, but it could be early. Um, they said it didn't match up with my, uh, my last period dates, but I could have ovulated late. So anyway, we didn't get an answer. Um, that exact same thing happened to me too. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It's like you want an answer, but they can't give it. And I get it. They can't tell you. Yeah. And especially because if you haven't gone in yet to get your HCG levels yeah, drawn, you, don't um, know. you have no idea. Yeah. 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 So it was very, it was just, I remember we went out to like a, you know, all night diner and we're just sitting and looking at each other like, okay, what, what do we do now? Yeah. You're just in like limbo because you're <laughs> yeah, like, I worst. think this is happening. I'm yeah. almost positive this is what's happening, but I haven't been told yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's you know, bleeding, it's just, it's alerting. And so, you know, it was bright red and it was, yeah. Did you spend a lot of time on Google that night? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Google. Oh gosh. I wish I could get rid of Google. Me too. (laughs) I wish I could get rid of all of those. I mean, it's like, I'm on them. I know I shouldn't be, but you just I don't can't help yourself. Anything. I just read and yep. it's, just, it's terrible. Uh-huh. It's terrible. All those forums. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So not, I was of course like all weekend of that. Um, and Monday rolled around. I, of course, I didn't have a doctor. So I called like the ER is affiliated with the doctor's office I used to go to. So I called them and was like, I need to come in for a follow up. And the woman was giving me the hardest time. Like, well, you don't have, you're not a patient here and all this stuff. You need to come like in a month. And I'm like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, well, I need to see somebody. <laughs> I need to go yeah. now. Uh-huh. So I, my mom got on the phone and I am not that type of person that my mom do anything for me, but she was like overhearing this and she's like, she's coming in. So, <laughs> so I went in um, and did the whole blood draw thing, right? Every other day, come in, check my levels. Um, and I was not, I was just getting the, the results online. It wasn't getting a call from a doctor or anything. It was bizarre. Um, 
I finally got a call. So I went in three times that week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday morning, I was at my hairdresser and I get a call from the doctors. I'm like, you know, mid foil, like I need to go, <laughs> I need to go back in the back room and take this call. And it was a really nice doctor. He's actually my mom's doctor. And he explained my levels were increasing, but like, you know, not doubling, but they were, they were like right underneath that. So he's like, come in Monday, we'll do an ultrasound. So I go in that following Monday, I get an ultrasound. Ultrasound tech was so sweet, but she was like, she showed me the heartbeat. She gave me a picture of the baby. She's like, everything's fine. She mentioned like a dip in my uterus, but she just mentioned it and that was it. Um, Sent me on my way and I was so happy. I remember calling my husband, telling him everything's fine. Um, Were you expecting to see a heartbeat? Like, were you? That's so crazy. No, I wasn't expecting to see a heartbeat. I like, I, I didn't know much at that point. Like I didn't really know how far along I was or, you know, I, I hadn't been through the process, so I didn't know, you know, when you see the heartbeat, but yeah, she just put it right up there. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I got home and like 10 minutes later, a doctor called me a new doctor (laughs) and he's like, yeah. So, um, looked at your ultrasound and I've got some concerns and I was like, okay. And he mentioned, um, I had a bicorneate uterus, which usually a uterus is like an upside down pair but a bicornea is the top part is like a heart. Mm-hmm. So instead of like it being cylinder, like a, what is that? An oval, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> an oval. <laughs> I don't know my geometry very well. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a heart. And he said, you know, that's kind of concerning, but people have that. Um, he said, I also had a subchorionic bleed on the other side of my uterus. Since I had that dip, it kind of separated my uterus in two. And he said that the baby implanted really close to my fallopian tube. So he said, do you have a pen and paper? And I said, yeah. He's like, let me spell this out for you so you can Google it. And I was like, what? And he spells out interstitial pregnancy and told me that the baby, since it was so close to the fallopian tube, could grow into the fallopian tube and it'd be like an ectopic. So he's like, you need to see a high-risk doctor. Here's the number. Give him a call tomorrow. And I was just... I, of course, Googled it because he told me to, which is weird. And the maternal mortality rate's really high for that. And I just started freaking out. I called the high-risk doctor and they said that I could come in in like three weeks. And I was like, well. Like, well, I want to come in today. <laughs> yeah, I want to come in like now. Especially, I, I say, the maternal mortality rate was so high. And I was like, is, this seems like it's a big problem. Like, if we should take care, like, we need to do something. Like, so my sister... I told my sister and my mom knew at this point too, just because of the bleeding and everything. And I was living with them. I think my whole family knew because I started bleeding and like the whole family was there. So it was a big affair, you know, real fun. Um, <laughs> so my sister was pissed and she, you know, Googled all these high risk doctors. And the next day we both got on the phone and we found someone that would take me right away. So my husband and I went downtown Chicago to like a really well known place. And they put our minds at ease. They were like, everything's fine. You, you know, they didn't even know what they were talking about with the interstitial pregnancy. I did have a bicorneate uterus, they said. Um, and they said, you know, you're not, you're high risk, but you're, you're so young and you, you know, you're so healthy. We see much more high risk people than you. Like, we'll see you, but this isn't that big of a deal. Um, and so I was like, okay. And really with that pregnancy, I just bled the whole time. Like, and profusely and it was just awful luckily my you know my manager at work is great she would you know I let me stay home I'd have to be in bed and just work from there but it was really scary stuff (laughs) 
I'm like, I'm not talking like, you know, like a little brown spot. It was, it, I just never, you know, I just thought I was miscuring like three times a week. All the time. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so crazy. And, you know, at a certain point you're like, oh, do I call my doctor? I mean, they would have me come in, but it was a long way to go down there. And every time I'd go down there, I'd be fine. There'd be a heartbeat. Baby was growing. Um, I mean, you could see her moving. It was, it was fine. So at, at a certain point it was like, I can't go in three times a week. Um, and maybe I should have been more, you know, proactive with calling on all that. But, um, I would say we went to our 12 week appointment. Everything was looking good. After that, my husband was like, let's post our Facebook announcement. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> I've been bleeding. I'm nervous. I mean, he was, I feel bad because he was so excited. He was reading all the books. Um, you know, he was the one with the app on his phone every Sunday updating me. Um, he was just really excited and I was more reserved because I just, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know, even though it was okay so far, I didn't know. So we agreed to tell the rest, like our extended family. And from like what I've heard with your story, that's just, now I look back on that, gosh, I like hate how excited everyone was and you know we did the cutesy ways with you know photographs and little things that they opened up and it's just I I just hate thinking about it um and so the extended family knew at that point we didn't do a Facebook announcement I said after 20 weeks let's do it um so we go in at I think like 15 and a half 16 weeks and leading up to that I stopped bleeding so I was like great it's gone and my symptoms started to disappear. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, gosh, this is so weird. I like can all of a sudden eat chicken now. And I can, you know, I don't feel sick anymore, but they tell you second. Trimester. So, yeah. Yeah. Can be so so just, normal. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, that's normal. Like this is great. Um, th- it's fine. And we go in and she does, she's like, okay, well, we're just going to do a Doppler today. And I remember looking at my husband and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I made you take off work and come with me. I thought we were getting an ultrasound and um, she started the Doppler and like most people's stories couldn't find the heartbeat. She was like, maybe the baby's hiding. Um, She grabbed one of those handheld ultrasounds then and tried that. She said, you know, it's just something's not looking right. Let's get you over across the hall to the ultrasound. So I got an ultrasound right away, which was nice. I didn't have to wait. They took me back. I wasn't in the room with all the pregnant ladies or anything like that. Um, And we miscarried. Uh, Ultrasound tech was quiet, just taking the measurements. But you could tell, like, before the baby, she'd be moving and all sorts of things. And it was just, it didn't look right. Um, And then we had to wait, like, 15 minutes for a doctor who we've never met to come in and tell us we're miscarrying. Um, he gave us a phone number. He's like, we don't do DNCs or I had to get a D and E. I don't know what the difference is. Um, and I was far, I think I was measuring like 13 and a half, 14 weeks. So, and the baby had been dead for like a week or two. So they didn't give me the option. I had to have a D and E and they don't do those. He said, so they gave me a number to call. So I called that number and, um, that doctor, office was confused because they didn't have my records. They kept saying like, well, you're scheduled to have a surgery in February. And that was the, my due date. I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. I need to have a DNC now, not in February. Um, and this was August. So that was really hard. We were supposed to go on a vacation that next day. Um, so we had the PTO. We didn't go on vacation, but we just kind of sat there and looked at each other. They couldn't do the 
Dini for a week. So I had to wait another week. And we just were looking at each other. Like we didn't, we, if I look back on it now, I wish I had gone back to work because I don't know if the waiting around for me was awful. And just knowing, just knowing that the baby had been dead for a few weeks and to tack on another week like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we went through the process. They were really great at this new doctor's office. They even sent me like a, like a handwritten note afterwards. Um, so it was fine. And then like a week later we closed on a house. So we were busy. My mind was occupied. You know, there was, I, I think I was just in a little bit of denial. I just didn't really think about it very much. I was like, okay, well these happen and you know, we'll just, I'll figure out what the uterus thing and then we'll be able to move forward. So when it took me about eight weeks to get a period back and I went to a new doctor and he explained to me with my bicorneate that I might have that, but I might have another something else. Like he said, I could have a septum. So I could have a normal shaped uterus with a wall in the middle. Um, and he said, that's operable and that's more common. He said, they're usually like the two are usually mixed up or diagnosed incorrectly or doctors will say one thing and mean the other thing. Um, so he sent me to a reproductive endocrinologist who was really good. And I'm happy I found this doctor because he just, a lot of doctors with the two, like they do, they're not comfortable with it or they do a lot of testing beforehand. And even the testing to determine between the two isn't that like conclusive. So he just kind of, and maybe this isn't the right way to go about it, but he was like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm 97% sure you actually have a septum and it'll be operable and I'm just going to put you under and I'm We're just going to go in there. We're just going to go in there. And, do, and he was like, I know we'll just do laparoscopy to like get an aerial view of it. And, um, I'll do a hysteroscopy. And if it's indeed a septum, I'm just going to remove it. And if it's not, well, then we've diagnosed it properly and we know hundred percent. And I was like, okay. And he was like, and a lot of times people that have these uterine abnormalities have um, endometriosis. So I'll just check in there too. And I was like, okay, fine. I um, never had a painful period or anything like that, but um, I was like, sure, check. So he went in there right before Christmas and sure enough, I had a normal shaped uterus with this wall in the middle. So um, he was able to remove the wall He found a little bit of endometriosis, which he removed. It wasn't anything serious. Um, And he said, okay, you're good to go. So like, perfect. (laughs) And he said, come back in six weeks uh, for an HSG. So I had that done in January and I was confused. I thought that was done. I mean, I think it is usually done while you're awake when they put the dye in your uterus. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be done when Ali was awake, but they called me the week before and they're like, you're going to be put under for that. And I was oh, like, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I did mine Which, while I was awake. Yeah. And people say I had um something, no, not a light up thing, but at one point they did, another doctor did hysteroscopy on me and that was super painful. So I was really nervous about an HSG. Yeah. Like, like I felt like that would be painful or like just uncomfortable. So they were like, we're going to put you asleep. And I was like, but is it necessary? And the way they explained it was like, we're going to put you asleep. And if there's anything left in there that we need to remove, we'll just do we'll it. Just do it. Okay. So that's like their whole approach. They're like, we're not going to make you wait a whole nother cycle. We're just going to do it. Yeah. So they, they did, they, you know, lit up my uterus and they had to remove a little bit of a septum that was left. And they realized one of my fallopian tubes was blocked. So they unblocked that too. Okay. 
So and, good, but good thing you were yeah. put on here because you didn't need to take all those extra steps then. And right, right. One and, and done. I, yeah, and I feel like this doctor, that's like his whole thing. He's like, I'm not going to make you do a million MRIs and still be like, I don't know. Like, yeah, because gonna... that's a huge part of the, like, I think yeah. what a really difficult thing about infertility is the waiting game. Yeah. Like, it's just a constant waiting. You do tests, then you wait for answers, then, you know, like, there's yeah. just constant waiting. And it has to be, like, during certain points of your cycle. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. you have to, like, wait. If you miss it, you have to wait. Like, and and he's, this doctor's, I think he's, like, late 60s, 70s. So, he's been around. He, like, knows what he's doing. So, I think, like, I think a lot of it, too, is how experienced doctors are, how comfortable yeah. they are. Um, so he did it and he's like, okay, you're good to go. You can, you don't have to wait. You can, you guys can start trying and we got pregnant two weeks later. <laughs> um, which they do say like, you're more fertile yeah. after that. I um, remember I didn't get pregnant right after oh, no, mine were you, like, and I was pregnant. really disappointed because I was really yeah. like, this is it. Like, you know, yeah, they cleaned yeah. out all the cobwebs. Like, we're yep. Go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's. Yeah, a lot of people say that. I was, I, I didn't know. Again, you're reading those boards, so you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. how real is this? Or like, how you know? But yeah, we got pregnant two weeks later, um, and called the doc, called the reproductive endocrinologist, because even though I wasn't, it wasn't like fertility that he was doing on me. He said he wanted to see me um, when I got pregnant, and he gave me progesterone, and he saw me every week. Okay. So that was really great. Um, and I want to, like, he saw me even before, like, you could see anything. He did, you know, like, looked at the uterine lining. He's like, yeah, but it looks like a baby's going to implant. And, you know, the fallopian tube. I don't know how he could tell, like, what <laughs> side I ovulated from. But he was, like, really good. And so we just saw the whole process going. Um, and we saw a heartbeat. So that was good. I think around, like, six weeks, six weeks, three days or something. Um, so this is all in March, this past March. And I bled with this one. Lucky me. So I had another subchorionic bleed and, you know, I bled and he put me on like bed rest, basically. Like I could go to work, but I work from home usually, but I could go to work two days a week, but I was not allowed to do anything. And I'm a, I work as a group fitness instructor after work. I love to run. Um, I'm just an avid worker outer person. <laughs> I do the beach body stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do it all. Like I love, I love moving. I, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> telling me that I was like, uh, he's like, you can't even walk. Like I was like, okay. Which is weird. Cause the first pregnancy, they were like, yeah, go kickboxing, go do whatever you want. Like, this is great. And I was like, but I keep bleeding like every time I do it. So I don't know. I just, I guess I was like, fine, I'll take his advice. Um, and I, gosh, I kept, I didn't bleed as much because I wasn't moving as much. I think I bled twice. And then we went in for a routine appointment around eight and a half weeks, nine weeks, and there was no heartbeat. And the sack was crushed. You could see it looked like a bean. And at first, like, they weren't showing us. They never at this office, like, the doctors in there with the ultrasound tech, um, which is great because they can kind of just tell you what's going on right away. Um he, they never show you the screen and they always, always, no matter what are silent at first. And then they kind of, so I was like, okay, this isn't really unusual. And at one point I heard him whisper to the tech, like twins. And I was like, what? (laughs) If there's twins, it can also be like that sort of shape, but it was not twins. It was like the bleed had crushed the sack and, um, it, yeah, gosh, I think, we were, we were devastated. Um, mm-hmm. He gave us the option this time of medication or 
a DNC and, you know, my husband, he's like, you know, do what, do whatever you want to do. It's not my body. Um, I was comfortable with the DNC since I, it went so well before. Um, so this was a Friday that we found out the earliest they could do it was a Monday. Um, so we just went home. My husband went back to work and I went home and called my mom and she came over and my pastor came over and talked to me. And then I just had, I had, my husband was at work. He had worked till like eight o'clock that night. And I just invited my whole family over and we just drank wine and had pizza and just like, I don't know. Like, I just was like, you know what? It's that's it. Like, yeah. It's happening. yeah. Like, <laughs> every, every miss. It, it's so weird how like nonchalant we talk about it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, right. but like, Every miscarriage I had, I ordered Domino's and yes. I like, sat on the couch every single one and yes. I ate Domino's and right, yeah. right. <laughs> it's just like, I need my comfort food and like people might think I'm weird that I wanted my family like around, but I just wanted like distraction and yeah. it was, it was fine. I mean, I, we, yeah, we went in for the DNC. We got it done. I went back to work on Tuesday again I could work from home so my boss knew what was going on but I you know I just I felt better just going on with life but yeah this time I think the hormones hit me harder because I was like uh, after the after the DNC I was a mess and before I wasn't which is weird because I was farther along but I just gosh I was all sorts of out of control my, <laughs> my poor husband <laughs> but he was a champ he you know he's still I'm like you know have my good days and bad days yeah. and he deals with it he takes it um and really at this point we you know we have talked to our doctor and he's mentioned IUI to us which you know I I love this doctor his bedside manner is great and you know he he's really you know takes takes charge and just does stuff but then he also doesn't explain things to us always. And I don't know if that's everyone, but I feel like sometimes the reason we're going to these boards and stuff is like, we don't really, we're not given much explanation on things. And we're just, totally. Yeah. yeah. So we're just like searching for some sort of explanation. And I'm like, I guess I don't understand the IUI thing. If we're getting pregnant. I mean, honestly, the first time it took us what, two months of active trying. And the second time it happened within two weeks. So I don't know. I, we're kind of in this limbo phase right now. So, you know, and then you have the days where you think, is this even, should we keep going? And then the next day you're like, yeah, I want to keep yeah. going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a very, it's, it's a very big roller coaster to be on. It is. It, you, you go up and you go down and you, your mind is all over the place and yeah, you, you're not sure what the right answer is. And I don't think doctors do either. So it's kind of, no one knows. And this, yeah. The second one I forgot to mention. So I found out I was pregnant. Like we took the pregnancy test and my sister found out she was pregnant the next day too with a pregnancy mm. test. So now I'm watching her um, be like, we were literally do, I think like four or five days apart from each other. So I'm watching her um, go through the process and she's been great because she's had a yeah. miscarriage herself, but yeah, um, the, it's definitely difficult. How do you think she, do you think she has like, this is, sounds really weird, but like survivor's guilt almost? Oh Yeah. Um, she's, you know, I remember her from the first pregnancy and maybe it's just the first pregnancy thing, but she was like talking about it, you know, like how she was feeling. She doesn't have an easy time being pregnant. Like she was just like super, like 
you know, you knew every detail about what was going on. And this time it's like pulling teeth to get her to even like mention she's pregnant. And it's so obvious. It's like, you're pregnant and you know, we're still very close. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm even asking like, you're going to find out the sex, like what's going on? Like how many weeks are you? And like, she just like, doesn't really want to talk about it at all. So I think she definitely feels that way. And that's gotta be hard too. I could totally see that because I mean, even like after going through four miscarriages and being pregnant with Ryan, I struggled going to baby showers or like any event where I knew somebody was going through miscarriage or had gone through miscarriage and hadn't gotten to that other side yet Yeah, because I know how it feels. And so like with her knowing how it feels and then being so close to you. Yeah. It's hard on both sides for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's really difficult. It's really, it's really difficult navigating relationships throughout this in so many different forms. And I don't think people really understand that it's not just a miscarriage. It's not just, (laughs) that sounds really weird. Just a miscarriage, but no, like, I mean, there's so much more to it. Like emotionally plays into life in general. And it's, it's a lot. Oh, it's tough. It's really tough. And it's, you know, it's tough when the people around you are getting pregnant or like for me, not a lot of my friends are there yet. I, I would give it like honestly three more months and they're all going to be like starting the process. But the the way they talk about it right now is like, oh, it'll be so easy when we start. And I'm like, ugh, like. You're like, oh, I, don't be naive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, maybe. At the same time, you're like, I hope. So, I know I hope I yeah I was like I would I would never hope this on any of my friends and or anyone I know and it's just but at the same time I'm like and then that also bothers me because it's like you know how hard I'm having like struggling with this you shouldn't be so much a lot you should like yeah like take this for sure but it's it is what it is I mean most I I would say I haven't had a lot of people say you know, stupid stuff to me. That yeah, me, that's good. But a lot of people just don't want to talk to me about it or like, which is they, also, I mean, it's like, that's also bad. You, navigating through this is there should be like a class on it because, yeah. but, but really, I don't think that there's any right way or everyone's so different too. Like right. the way that I handle, you know, somebody talking to me about it might be way different than somebody else that is right. going through it would handle right. it. And so something might bother you and it doesn't bother me or vice versa. Yes, exactly. It's so oh. crazy. What a yeah. fucking journey. Like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought like, I was like, oh, we're going to get this surgery, this uterine abnormality yeah. taken care of. Now we'll get pregnant and it'll be fine. And it's like, nope. So I mean, so are you guys kind of, cause I know you're like, we're not sure if we want to do IUI. Are you kind of taking a little bit of time to just. Yeah. So, cause the miscarriage was end of, well, I think the DNC was like end of March. Okay. And for me, my body loves to hold on to HCG. Like, I was like, are you back to <laughs> Yeah. I finally did. Like I yet? finally okay. got back. Um, but then like not. So I finally did get a period, but then like last week they were like, well, let's, um, I was supposed to, you know, I bought the shot or whatever for the IUI um, mm-hmm. process. And I was like, Oh, we'll just keep that for now. And they called me and they're like, come in and like, let's get your hormones checked. And they're like something about my progesterone and estrogen's out of whack. And I was like, you know what? Like, can we just give me a month or two to just like get my body back to like yeah. where it needs to be? My body, it's just, who knows? Cause I don't, I don't track ovulation. I probably should, but then I'm like, that's very stressful. It is. I like, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it can definitely <laughs> become a job. <laughs> right. And I already love taking pregnancy tests. So I'm like, gosh, yep. I probably would be like testing four days. Oh, times you would. Like, you totally would. If you're in a pianistic, if you're a pianistic yes. addict, because I am too. Yes. Um, you definitely will be peeing on OPKs quite often. But it kind of fills that void for you. <laughs> the poor Amazon guy's like, why do I keep so pregnancy? Yeah. You know. Oh. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck and Thanks. I hope I I hope that <laughs> you whatever route you guys take, it will be the right route and it will be what's right for you guys right now. Right. So right. Um, if you had any piece of advice for somebody else in a similar situation, what would it be? Gosh. I would say, I mean, if you're if you're going through recurrent miscarriages, don't expect the recovery to be the same for both or, you know, like the period of time where you're, you know, going through all those emotions. Um, and don't expect it to just be like an upward trajectory of feeling better. Like there's things mm-hmm. where it's like, uh, you know, you're feeling great and on top of the world and it's going to happen again. And then there's the next day you're just like sobbing and this isn't going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably like how it'll be. Like, I mean, you never really get away from that, but just try your best to, you know, keep moving forward. The other thing too is, and I, I say this with a, like, I don't want it to be like your miscarriage happened because of a lifestyle factor or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, we have no control over a lot of things. And, you know, if you can do certain things, like I I was like, maybe, you know, I'll just eat. I don't want to take, it sounds bad, but like eat healthy exercise, you know, meditate, do, do, do what you that, had to take care of you in the it, meantime. Yeah. 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 And don't make it an obsession. Don't like, you know, if you, if you like your glass of wine, have your glass of wine, like it's like, it's fine, but like, yeah, do, do what you need to do that can, you know, relieve your stress and make you feel better. And it'll hopefully help a little bit with the emotional side of things too. I think it definitely does, you know, just taking care of yourself. Yeah. While you're while you're in that waiting process, yeah, um, is a huge deal, and it will keep you. It will keep, at least for me, it really kept me moving forward. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there will be good days and there will be bad days, and those days will. I mean, I had a. I feel like I had a good day like three days after one of my miscarriages, and I was like, wow, like I feel really good, and like, yeah. and then like five days, I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Falling, yeah. you know, it's just a roller yes. coaster, mm-hmm. and just buckle up. Yeah, yeah, just buckle up. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lene, if somebody did want to reach out to you, where would be the best way to do so? Yeah, Instagram is probably the best. Um, I'm not private, so you can reach out to me. You can follow me. It's um, Nea three four six. So N E A three four six. Awesome. And as always, I'll link that in the description to make it easy for everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.